Good morning, good day, good evening. I am as always your host, Brody Robertson, and today we are back for episode 98 of Tech of a Tea. And I've been streaming for probably, like not streaming on this channel, like streaming like on the main channel and the gaming channel for a bit over a year now. And on the main channel, it doesn't really happen that much, but for some reason, the gaming channel gets a lot of bot accounts. Whether it's, you know, the bot, the bots you see, like, you see them sometimes in YouTube comments saying, like, here's, here's a link, but they'll always, like, separate the link out. So it'll be something like, you know, vor.bny or something. I don't even know if that's a proper extension, but it'll be something along those lines. But to make sure they don't get instantly caught by the spam filter, there's always, like, a break in the middle of the word. But I don't understand, like, the purpose of these bots. Like, who's taking that, getting rid of these spaces, and then putting it into their browser? Like... If it was an actual link, someone would go and click that. That I can totally understand. I can see what is trying to be achieved by that bot. But the way it stands, I have no idea what their goal actually is. But recently I've been getting a couple other bots sort of showing up in my stream. Specifically today. Uh, what is it? The 13th of January 2022. So... The first bot I got, I've seen this one once before in the past, but haven't seen it too often. Uh, because I'm also streaming on Twitch, I get the bots for, you know, you want to buy some followers? Now, the whole follower buying thing, I've never understood for something like Twitch or YouTube. Instagram or Twitter, it's a little bit different, but let's say you bought followers on Twitch. What is that actually going to achieve? You're not going to have more viewers. You're not going to have more subs. You're not going to have anything that sort of describes the performance of an actual channel. It's just the sub count. Or it's just the uh, the follower count is higher. Same with YouTube. Subs on YouTube don't matter whatsoever. The only thing that matters when it comes to your channel performance is the view count and watch duration and also click-through rate. All of those things... <clears throat> All of those things are what determine the actual performance of a channel. The amount of subs you have don't matter. Like, if you're a channel that has, you know, a million subs, every, and every single one of your videos gets minimum 100,000 views, that's a fairly normal performing channel. But if you're a channel with a million subs, but every single video gets 1,000 views, you still have 1,000 subs. The subs don't actually do anything for the performance of the channel. Maybe it might change, like, for SEO optimization. Say you have a fairly common name. Maybe it's going to be used to potentially rank you above. But from my experience, it's also going to be based on the views a channel actually gets. So in even in that case, I don't understand the whole point of buying and not really sell. Selling is a whole different market, but buying followers. Now, on Twitter and Instagram, it's a bit different because Twitter and Instagram, at least for regular users, doesn't really have a metric that's as obvious to show that a account is performing well. Yes, it does have interactions and that can be fairly important, but really that's the only thing it has. And you can be a popular account tweet something out, it's seen by a million people, but it still only gets a fairly low interaction rate. That's actually fairly common. So Twitter, I can, like Twitter and Instagram, I can totally see it because maybe you're trying to like scam a company into an ad deal or something like that. And you want to make it seem like your account actually has 
more people actually looking at it. That I can totally understand. Now, the third bot I saw, this bot was really... I, I'm not even sure if it is a bot. That's the weird thing about it. I don't know if it's a crazy person who was having just a really weird discussion in my comment section or a bot. So, there was this bot in my chat called Melanie who also wanted to be called Mary. I don't know why... I, I don't ask why. So, this, this bot, I'm going to say, because I'm not 100% sure, was just talking to random people in the chat, and the first thing it would say to anyone who talked to it would say, I would say, what is your name? Like, assuming, like, assuming that it's an actual person, clearly they can see what the name, like, on the account actually is, and you should be able to see the name if you're a chatbot as well, because that's part of the YouTube API. I don't know why they were asking what the person's name was, but one of the guys in the chat played along with it, uh, eventually got to the point where... Uh, the bot or the crazy person wanted to marry him. Now, I, the entire time, was waiting for a Bitcoin address to be sent because that seems to be, like, the only monetization strategy I could find for this sort of thing. Unless, once again, it's a crazy person. But it never came. It never happened at all. The conversation just kept going. Uh, whenever, and it would only respond to, this is why I thought it was a bot, and I'm pretty sure it is. It would only respond to messages that were on YouTube. So I re, uh, I do restreaming, I stream on Twitch, YouTube, and DLive at the same time, but it would never respond to any messages unless they were on YouTube, which indicates to me that because of the extra characters that restream wraps around the character to indicate that it came from a different platform... The bot just didn't know what to do with that. So when uh, that person switched over to their Twitch account, uh, the bot started saying, hey, where did you go? Why did you leave me? Are you going to come back? Please come back, darling. And that just kept going until the end of the stream. I think for about... <clears throat> I think for about two and a half hours while I was streaming, the bot was there. It wasn't there for the start of it. But once I got into the game, yeah, like the entire time. And I was... Every so often, I was thinking about banning the bot, but I, I just wanted to see what was going to happen, like, whether anything exciting was going to happen, like a Bitcoin address or something, but maybe it'll show up next time. I don't know. Uh, it says it's going to, um, and it could, look, it could very well be just a weird person, but... The, if you were there, like, you can go back and watch the VOD. It was my first episode of my Spyro 3 stream. The way it interacted with people just didn't really... It didn't really seem natural. Besides the fact, like, asking, like, what someone's name was, it would also be really weird about someone else joining into the conversation. If anybody else tried to respond... Uh, it would just not know what to do. It would be like, no, I am talking to this person. Do not respond. And every single time that... Every single time someone butted in, it would be the exact same copy-paste message. So, I, I've i got no idea what happened there. If anyone happens to know, um, that would be great. Oh, the other thing is it started posting, like, what seemed like private information. And some people in my chat actually went and, like, looked up some of that info and found out that, like, some of it actually linked to a real person. So, unless it's a... It could be a bot that has been fed someone's information is going around doxing them or something. Like, I... 
that's the point where I was deciding to ban it. But after that, like, that was the only thing it said. So, I don't know. I, I have no idea. This could be, like, the new Twitch bot meta, and I've just got no idea what's going on. Speaking of, um, of Twitch meta, though, man, the Twitch TV meta. Holy shit. How anyone was stupid enough to actually, like, to actually get involved with this. Um, I don't understand. So if anyone who doesn't understand, uh, like, maybe you don't watch Twitch. The, every so often Twitch has something that, like, streamers refer to as a meta. Uh, previously, there was the hot tub meta where Twitch doesn't allow nudity, um, but what it does allow is you to be in a bikini in a setting that makes sense for a bikini. So whether that's at the beach or in a pool or a hot tub. So there is a section now on Twitch where it's just nothing but hot tub streams. Previously, it was in just chatting. And as you can probably expect, because, you know, the audience of Twitch is going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of young people, but there's also going to be a lot of gamers who are alone. Obviously, you know, that's going to get a... Uh, a certain level of audience. Now, some of the streamers in that were actually entertaining. People like Amaranth are actually a good streamer. If you've watched Amaranth when she, like, collabs with anyone else, like, she actually is entertaining. But, you know, a good majority of them... Look, if the hot tub meta wasn't there, they'd probably be on Chatterbait. Like, being completely honest, a good number of them are just doing this because this means they have to take off less clothes and it's technically less work because they don't have to, you know, jack off on stream. So that was the old meta. And Twitch has had plenty of metas before then and it's going to have plenty of metas into the future. The current meta or the, I guess now, abandoned meta that people were using was the TV meta. Now, the idea of the TV meta is the stupidest thing you'll ever hear if you know anything about DMCA. The TV meta is you stream and you watch t <clears throat> you watch TV shows and you react to the TV shows. So I'll see if it, uh, if it mentions the specific shows in this article. It's not right here, uh, but it'd be a lot of stuff like you know Gordon Ramsay's shows, whether it's Hell's Kitchen or other shows that he's done. Uh, because, you know, Gordon Ramsay's entertaining. Uh, there's people who watch various anime, like watching Naruto. Um, Pokimane was watching Avatar The Last Airbender, which leads us into why the TV meta is over now. Um, but it's just a lot of stuff that is very DMCA-able. Now, this is the sort of shit that you wouldn't get away with on YouTube because there's this automatic DMCA system and it's gonna fuck you. It's gonna fuck you really hard. That doesn't exist on Twitch, at least to the same extent. Twitch, you can, you can get uh, strikes for it. It's just for some reason, nobody was. I don't know why. Uh, Twitch does have a DMCA system. It's just, sometimes it's super bad. Sometimes it's not. So what ended up happening is a couple of big streamers got banned. Uh, Pokimane got banned for Avatar The Last Airbender. I think that was like, it was a two-day ban or it was a one-week ban? Um, let's see. Ban, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. 
Uh, banned on the 7th of January. Does it say how many days? 48 hour. It was a 48 hour, a 48 hour ban. Now, 48 hours is a fucking slap on the wrist. That's a holiday that some of these big streamers actually need to have. Because some of them are fucking insane and stream like 14 hour days. Uh, Disguised Toast also got banned. I don't know what he was banned for. Uh, he was banned for... Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Was it also Avatar The Last Airbender? Or was it MasterChef? Uh... It doesn't say... Oh, he was banned for a month. Holy shit. Uh, he was banned for a month. Okay, that's, that's actually a pretty substantial ban. Um... It doesn't say what he was actually watching. I'm going to see if I can find it. Um, disguise, toast, ban. Uh, oh, right, Death Note. Of course, he was streaming Death Note. But what he did was he flipped it around. Yeah, that's what happened. So he was watching it mirrored. So yeah, it's definitely not Death Note. Not at all. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. But I know that XQC has put out a really dumb... Like, he mentioned a really dumb clip. Uh, uh, he said something really dumb in a clip about it. Yeah, there we go. Um, so, let's see if we can find it. Uh, where is the clip? Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Uh, Uh, where could I, where is it? Oh, oh I don't want to, I don't want to give you the, uh, quote and then not have it, uh, uh, be, have the quote be correct. This is probably entertaining content for everyone watching this right now. Um, let's see, uh, does it say in this one? No, why is it not saying it? Okay, whatever. It was basically along the lines of... He doesn't... Excuse... Yeah, he, I, no, I found it. Here we go. Uh, content purists trying to control everything. Do we have the entire quote? Give me the entire quote, please. Um, Why is that rant... I'm going to show you something. If you're a web dev, don't do this. Random text in here is just white. <laughs> why? Why is it like that? Uh, let's see. What did I say a year ago, two years ago? These people label content as not the way it should be and think they have a right to say, uh, to say, uh, to say what is good content? Like a bunch of bitches, weirdos, content purists. It's still content. We're still streaming content here that people want to watch. Who gives a shit? XQC has a manager. I have no idea how his management actually, like, lets him stream this. Like, the reason you have a manager is to, like, you know, keep yourself in check and make sure you don't go and do something incredibly stupid. Like, every big stream, like, every sensible streamer right now, like Ludwig, Pokimane, are all saying just stop streaming TV. Like, this is the end of it. This is not something you want to keep doing. And for whatever reason, <laughs> XQC is just like, just keeps doing it. I don't understand. Like, why are you doing this, man? Like, streamers walk on such a fucking 
such a thin, thin tightrope with what they they try to pull, especially on Twitch. Twitch seems to be like five or so years be- uh, before, like, or back in time from what YouTube is. Twitch is going to very quickly turn into YouTube at the at the rate it's going. It's going to because there's no way now that Twitch is as massive as it is that big companies will just let streamers get away with just streaming TV because if you couldn't if like if you didn't know doing this was actually a crime and this is one of those times like I don't like DMCA right but this isn't the same as taking like the the One Piece guy I forgot what his name was, taking small sections and making a review of whatever content it is. Like, that's very different. What this is, is straight up just, like, putting a TV show on and then just sitting there and watching it. Maybe you make a couple of comments, being like, oh, wow, that Gordon Gordon Ramsay said his, his, his signature thing. He's, like, he's swearing. And that's about it. That, that's about as far as it goes. Like, I've... I've never seen anyone do, like, a review while they're doing this. It's always just chucking it on and then making that be the content. Um, so this is, uh, what, uh, let's see. So this is about Ludwig here. Uh, the Twitch star, also, the, the Twitch star, this referring to XQC, also took issue with Ludwig's belief the industry needed to course correction. This is a very rookie take from a rookie. <laughs> Nothing course corrects. Uh, here on the internet, especially with anonymity and especially on Twitch. Uh, let's see. Lenyel, uh, that's XQC, argued that it was too late for the TV show and movie meant to be stopped due to its rapid popularity. Things do not correct, they explode. We've known this for the longest time. We've known this from the beginning of Twitch as a whole and just in TV. Things explode and nothing goes back. True. Okay, you know what? That's actually a fair statement. Yes. By streaming the TV meta, you are putting your entire career on the line, waiting for everything to explode. I I don't know why you would do that. Like, I, I don't know why that's something, like, you would actually go about doing. It's different if, like, you had a partnership, for example. Like, say you did a partnership with... Gordon Ramsay. You did a partnership with Crunchyroll to stream anime. Whatever it is you want to do, that's, that's different. But... The state it's currently in is people just firing up their Netflix subscription, which they do not have the right to rebroadcast, and then just fucking throwing the dice and waiting to get banned. And now that people are getting banned, well, I expect more to get banned. And if something like this happens again, like I wouldn't, exp- I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Twitch just goes like as fucking hardcore as YouTube did, because maybe in the past they couldn't because they didn't have the extra resources. But I don't think Amazon wants something that is this much of a liability just festering, festering under them. I wouldn't be surprised if Amazon just goes fucking hard on it and is just like, no, everything's done. No more TV. If you do that, you are banned. No question about it. We'll see how it plays out. And maybe by the time you guys see this, it's uh, gotten much worse. But... The funny thing is, if we go back a year, uh, there was the whole music DMCA thing. So back then, uh, people were getting DMCA'd for clips. Now, basically what they were told is delete your clips 
because we don't know what's going to be striking you. Uh, so a, not even actually not even a year, like fucking seven months after that, people are now being like, you know what? Fuck it. We're now going to push it as hard as possible. Music, nothing. Music is the fucking like, that's, that's just something basic. We can talk over music, make it seem like the music is just there to sort of, you know, add to the stream. Fuck that. We're going to go hard. We're just going to say, screw it and play TV shows. So, as I said, I want to see where this goes. Uh, maybe it'll be resolved by next week. I don't expect it to be. But I do expect Twitch to sort of, real, especially after both these situations, go really hard on DMCA. Like, maybe come quarter two, quarter three. But it's happening. And if you don't think it's happening and you think it's perfectly fine to keep streaming TV shows, mate, you're fucked. You are absolutely fucked. Twitch has been on a tightrope for so long, like, it's not going to go on for too much longer. But, um, moving past that, let's talk a bit about, uh, video games. Yes. So, Minecraft. Minecraft is a game. True. Minecraft is a game that has a lot of fucking crazy people playing it. Uh, a lot of crazy people who are really, really insane developers. Um, so there's already been, you know, the, uh, the what is that? The, the Turtles. Is, it, is the mod called Turtles? Um, it was a programming mod where you program these uh, turtle robots. I think it was just called Turtles. Uh, turtle, um, uh, yeah, yeah, Minecraft Turtles. Uh, basically, you program the little robots in, uh, I believe it was, I want to say Lua. I want to say Lua is, uh, is what it is. Um, I could be mistaken. Yeah, yeah, it's, okay, it's written in Lua. Now, that's already absolutely fucking insane. Now, it can get crazier than that. So that came from the Computer Craft mod. Uh, this is another mod called Open Computers 2, and somehow it only has 100 downloads. Like, I have no idea how no one knows about this yet. Um, but Open Computers 2 is a spiritual successor to Open Computers. This was an early Minecraft mod, uh, which was also, you know, pretty crazy. But, like, you know, it's still... It actually is pretty, fu it is pretty fucking crazy. Um, it is pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, but this one is, is kind of crazier. So it carries some of the core ideas with it, such as configurability and sandboxing. However, there are also many changes, such as the mod using emulated real-world hardware. The core of computers is... Uh, in this mod is an emulated RISC-V architecture. This allows running Linux and using it much like you'd normally uh, you'd much like you'd use it normally. For example, networking uses an emulated network card and regular Ethernet frames, so different Linux computers can communicate just as you'd expect. While the mod has been in development for some time now, it should still be considered to be an early development. There may still be severe bugs that went undiscovered. The mod is also very light on features at this point, at least when compared to open computers. As such, please report any issues you encounter while using the mod, and stay tuned for content in the future. So, 
The mod provides stationary computers and mobile robots. While computers can connect to other in-world devices via bus cables and extension cards, robots can move through the world and interact with it via modules. Uh, computers can communicate with each other using network, ca uh, network cards and cables. To get started with the mod, it is recommended to craft a computerist handbook, an in-game manual with information on all the blocks, how to build your first computer, and so on. Um, by default, operating system used by the mod is Linux. It comes with a list of well-known utilities such as text editors, Vi and Nano. For those curious, build root is used to create the kernel and root file system. Um, to enable easy scripting, Lua is also included because, of course it is, because all, all Minecraft programming is Lua at this point. Uh, many of the Minecraft-specific devices, such as the inventories and redstone interface block and general mod interoperability, use a high-level API that is intended to be used through Lua. Minecraft modding. Like, okay. When I got into Minecraft, right? I got into Minecraft in beta... I want to say 1.3. Three. I got into Minecraft in the bed update. Uh, Minecraft bed. Uh, my nose is itchy. That's fun. Uh, the beds. When did beds come out? Uh, do, 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 do. It should have a list on the wiki somewhere. Uh, 1.3, yes, 1.3. So I started playing in 1.3. Now, Minecraft mods back in 1.3, because the mod kit wasn't there and you didn't have all of this amazing tooling that exists nowadays, were nothing, nothing in comparison to what we see nowadays. Like, the fact that you can emulate a RISC-V architecture inside of Minecraft, run a full Linux system in it, is just, that's just insane. Like, this this is something that I kind of want to just do a video on, just for the memes. Um, also, it's licensed under MIT, so that's also really cool. Uh, I love that. I, I love that this is actually licensed under MIT. Um, but... <laughs> I don't know what to say about this. Like, this... It's just cool. It's just really, really cool. Uh, it doesn't say... Uh, how, the, like, what, what the distro is based on, if it is a, if it is a custom, like, LFS setup, or if it's based on, like, Debian or something like that. I haven't been able to find any specific, uh, any specifics on that. Uh, Minecraft Open Computers 2. Uh, I wonder if other people are talking about it. Uh... Now, this is a lot of stuff in here about the old version of open computers. Uh, but because there's just so few people who have heard about this, it seems like nobody's actually... Uh, nobody's mentioned this. This came out, like, very recently. Um, when, did, when did it come out? Like, I think it was a couple of days ago, actually. It showed up on r slash Linux. That's the only reason I know about it. Uh, it came out literally two days ago. Like, the first version was two days ago. Uh, I think. I think that's how that works. Wait, no, it came out last year. Okay, it came out last year, but nobody knows. Okay, it, it's now actually stable. Right, okay, now I get it. So, it's actually in a stable state as of very recently. Um, either way, either way, it's insane. Um, and hey, if you want to, like, 
if you want to try it out, it's available and you can try it in Minecraft 1.18. Uh, which I presume is the latest version. I don't know. I don't play Minecraft at this point. I just like to check in every so often and just see what absolutely crazy shit is going on in that game. Now, we all know that modern ink companies love to have DRM. Whether that's Canon or anybody else out there, they all love their DRM. Um, but because of the chip shortage, <laughs> there is a really funny Canon story going on right now. Um... So, <laughs> because they're not using the same sources for their chips, um, there are some Canon printers that think the official ink cartridges that you buy directly from Canon are fake. <laughs> they think they are fake because they are not you know, the same sort of chips. And I guess for whatever reason, they must have programmed it in a way that it detected the, like, I don't know, something about the chip makes it not work. But either way, official chips, uh, official DRM, official, uh, official ink cartridges are not working. So there have been articles floating around, um, literally from Canon with them telling you how to bypass the DRM. Do you know what's a better solution, Canon? If this bypass has always been there, and it's very likely that other people, like, knew about the bypass already, not need the bypass. Just not have the DRM. Because most people, like, even if, right, even if there was no DRM in this ink, most people are just going to buy the official ink. Not because, you know, they want to support the company or anything like that. They'll buy it because they know it works. Because printer ink, I don't know if you guys have ever owned a printer, but printer ink is so fucking confusing. Like, walk into a store and try to buy some ink. If you go into that store not knowing exactly what ink cartridges you need, like the exact version, like whatever, Canon 581 or whatever it is your printer needs, you're never going to walk out of that store with anything you need. So, most people are just going to, like, and then it gets even weirder with third-party ones, like, because then it be like, oh, it's 581 compatible with Canon, but is it actually going to be compatible with my printer? So, most people are just going to go, like, go with what they know is going to work. Sure, some people are going to try to save money, and especially companies are going to do that because they have a team that, is supposed to be an IT team that knows about this shit, but regular people aren't going to care. So, oh, this is, honestly, I love this story. I love the fact that Canon is just getting fucking absolutely destroyed by their own stupidity. There's a lot of bad things that have come out of the uh, out of the chip shortage. Whether that's the fact that there's a lot of new cars that are just sitting in the lot that cannot be sold because modern cars are so based around their electrical systems that require these require these semiconductors that when you can't get them they just have to sit there. Or <clears throat> whether it's GPU prices being fucking mental, whether it's what, uh, some games like Final Fantasy not being able to get servers and just having to stop sales. Like, all of this bad stuff has happened in the chip shortage, but at least 
one good thing has happened, and that is fucking Canon. I don't think there's really any good printer companies. Canon is the focus here, and I imagine it's because Canon just has an incredibly high volume of, uh, of ink they sell because Canon is a very popular brand, but I imagine the other companies that do have DRM do have a similar issue, even if not to the same extent. Canon is what's being reported right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if other companies, if the chip shortage doesn't, uh, <clears throat> doesn't let up, have the exact same problem. But right now, I'm happy Canon's getting fucked. And uh, if you are a Canon user, there is a way to get around this. It's very easy to find. Just look up Canon DRM Bypass. Canon will literally tell you on their website, and you'll be good to go. I actually do have a printer. I don't use it because I don't have anything to print. But last time I checked it, it just... Okay, printers are weird. This printer just straight up stopped working for no reason. I don't know why it stopped. It worked for one page and then stopped working on the next. Now it, like, prints half the page. I don't know if one of the heads are broken or something like that. I don't know how printers work. But it just stopped working. So I don't need it anytime soon. I actually think... I have any reason to print stuff. The only reason I like even had a printer was for uni stuff. And uh, that's only because there was a lot of a lot of the time when I would run out of printing credits at uni. So it sort of just made sense to have my own. Because you didn't actually get that much. If you need to print a lot, you really did not have a, that much printing credit. <laughs> so obviously I would use up the printing credit I had first, but then go to the, go to my alternative afterwards. Um, nowadays if I need to print anything, I guess I could just go to, like, the local library or something. Or maybe I'd find someone that happens to have a printer and then just borrow, uh, borrow it from them. I don't know. Um, now I, I'll, I'll talk shit about Canon's printer department, but I don't hate Canon entirely as a company. Like, eh, eh, can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? No, you can't. Focus! Focus! Okay, maybe I don't like Canon. Um, <laughs> there. I have a Canon camera. <laughs> Fucking hell. I have a Canon camera. Like, I like Canon's cameras, but uh, their printing department, which I presume that nobody from the departments talks to each other, so they're effectively different companies. Um, I do like their camera department. Yeah. Uh... Oh, actually, something I found out this morning from, um, from, uh, Lewis Rossman, actually. So, <laughs> Teslas have been, uh, uh, breaking, which isn't new. Um, let's see, Tesla heater not working. Let's see. Uh, can we find the news on this one? No, we can't. So, it seems like in fairly, fairly cold temperatures, um, some models of the Tesla just uh, don't heat. <clears throat> they don't heat. Like, the, the heating stops working. Like, in, you know, negative Celsius. Like, really cold temperatures that you don't want to be in that uh, when it's, uh, you know, when, when it's like that. But the other problem, like, you can wear jackets to deal with that. Like, that's fine. Sure, as long as it's not, like, negative 50. And if it's negative 50, you shouldn't be fucking driving. Or, like, negative 20 or whatever. You shouldn't be driving a car. Like, that's just dangerous. 
Um, the problem is, though, when it's fairly cold, um, your windscreen tends to fog. Now, the problem is the heating and the defogging is the same. They're, the, they're attached to the same unit. So when the heating stops working, the defogging stops working, which means you stop seeing, which is a problem, <laughs> which is a serious problem. And God, it, Tesla is such a fun company. Like, I don't think anybody could get away with releasing cars in the state they've been releasing cars. Like, it's been such a mess for the past couple of years, whether it's the Model Y or any of the models they have. Tesla has been, like, such a mess. <clears throat> I don't hate the idea of electric cars, and I don't hate the idea of Tesla either. I think Tesla could be a good company. The problem, though, is Tesla has basically no competition. Not they have no competition in, like from the electric cars in general, because there are some others on the market. Like, there actually are a bunch of them. Like, the uh, the Nissan Leaf is a common example. The problem is they have nothing in the same range class, for one, and, like, performance class. I don't think there are any other electric vehicles in, I like, matching them on either things. And those are the things that are actually important, because we can talk all day about, oh, look... A 70-mile range is perfectly fine for an electric car if you live in the city. And yeah, if you live in the city, uh, that's fine. But sometimes you want to go for a drive somewhere, like a long way away, like two, three hundred kilometers, miles, if you want to use that, that metric. Um, and that's a really long distance. And there's so many electric cars that just wouldn't be able to make it. Like, you'd have to do, like, multiple day stops to be able to make that distance. Teslas, on the other hand, actually, you know, you can go that distance, especially if you're driving them fairly economical. You can get a ridiculous range from them. I have no idea what the um, the max range is, but I feel like it's somewhere around, like, four or 500 miles at this point on, like, their, their like, top-end skew. Um... On the Model S, yeah, Model S, it's 652 kilometers... What is that in miles for the Americans? 400, yeah. 400 miles on the Model S. Like, that's that's good. Like, that's really good. That's more than my car gets on petrol. So that's perfectly fine. Um, like my car usually gets around 450 or so, but I also don't drive it in, like, the most, uh, the most economical way. <laughs> so that's, that's a really good distance. But when they actually have some competition in that performance class and that range class, uh, especially dealing with the whole charging problem, because uh, I know Tesla, they have like their, their superchargers, but they use a plug that isn't used by like other electric cars, which is a fucking mess. That, I think that's the biggest reason why electric cars aren't going to be taking off anytime soon. The reason why petrol cars are very convenient is because they all take petrol. They take very they take these different forms of petrol. Maybe they take diesel. That's or maybe they take uh maybe they take um they maybe they take gas. Fine. Okay. But all of those cars in those those types use the same plug. Like I can take like my shitty barina Fill it with petrol the exact same way you'd fill a Bugatti Veyron. That's why petrol cars are convenient. They don't have to be. You can have 
a standardized electric plug that's used across the entire world. And maybe that will be the Tesla plug. And that, like, that will be fine. I don't care. I literally don't care what we ended up settling on. Just, we need one. And potentially, oh, not potentially. Also, preferably, not having to deal with, like, these insane charge times. Like, the superchargers, I know, have gotten down to, like, a ridiculously quick speed for a, um, for, like, charging a battery. But then there's other charging where it's like, oh, it'll take you, like, like take you, like, three hours. Like, I don't, like, until you can charge your electric car in under, like, what, five or ten minutes, I don't think it's going to see mass adoption, let alone the whole, uh, let alone the whole price issue where electric cars are not affordable for so many people. I don't... Uh, here's the thing about electric cars, and cars in general, right? I don't care, and a lot of people don't care, about new cars. New cars don't mean shit to me. I will probably never in my entire life buy a new car, because that's stupid. New cars are needlessly expensive. The point where a electric car actually matters to the people I grew up with, and a good... like a very, very many people out there, is when you can buy a second-hand electric car for, like, under 10 grand. The other problem, though, is that, um, there was a battery replacement that I saw, um, there was a story about this that, uh, Lewis Rossman talked about. Yeah, so Tesla tried to charge someone for... $22,500 to replace the battery on their Model S. Like, imagine, let's not say $22,000. Let's say it's $5,000. You buy a $10,000 car. By that point, it would probably be, it'd probably be like, what, at least a 10-year-old car, at least at that point? So let's say it's uh, 2032 and you buy the 2022 Model Y, for example. I imagine that would at some point get down to the $10,000 range. Maybe 15. But either way, you buy this car and a 10-year-old lithium battery is not going to hold the same level of charge that it would have when it was first bought. Lithium, over time they break down. They hold less charge. If you bought a car like that and then you had to put in like a $5,000 or a $10,000 repair, that by itself already cuts out a large number of people from the market. And it's only like that because Tesla doesn't let you like replace modules in the battery. Like there's no reason why you have to replace the entire battery. It could very easily be, hey, we just do bits and pieces. But no, that's that's too easy for Tesla. Got to make this as hard as possible to make, you know, as much money as possible or whatever it is they're trying to go for. That is why I I don't care about electric cars right now. I, I like it's cool. I think electric motors are cool and I think electric cars are fun and they're cool cars that I don't care to buy. I actually recently learned that hydrogen cars uh, hydrogen cars were still a thing. I remember hearing about hydrogen cars back in like the early 2000s. Um, if you don't know, uh, basically it's a car with a fucking bomb attached to it. You know, like much like an internal combustion engine, but like 
uh, yeah, uh, with with hydrogen instead of uh, petrol. So this is the uh, Toyota Mirai, which is it's a cool looking car. Like I'll give it that. Hey, it's a cool looking car. I don't really have anything need to say about that. Um, six hundred and fifty kilometer range, which is also pretty bloody impressive. Uh, that's in the range of a uh, that's in Tesla ranges right there. Uh, I don't know how much it costs. But the problem that hydrogen has right now um, is the fact that you didn't know hydrogen cars existed. <laughs> that's the problem. Uh, that's the problem they have right now. The problem is that you're not... Uh, you're not filling them. I don't... Like, this is going to be for sale in Australia, apparently. I have no idea where you can even... Like, where you can even... Uh, charge a uh or we uh, charge we need even power a hydrogen car like are there hydrogen car australia let's actually see are hydrogen cars available in australia they are yes but let's see so oh okay so there's some places in melbourne okay fair enough makes sense it's melbourne uh, of course, it's, of course, it's Melbourne. Um, but anywhere else besides Melbourne, it, in the in the US, I believe in like San Francisco, I want to say, uh, there are some hydrogen fill points. Um, right now, right now, I am, I am excited for the future of cars because at some point. At some point, we're going to be done with internal combustion engines. Like, I know there's always going to be people who are, you know, big petrol guys who always want to have their internal combustion engine, and that's... They'll, they'll live and die for their internal combustion engine, and that's fine. But at some point, the vast majority of people are going to be moving off of that solution. What that ultimately ends up being, whether it's a hydrogen majority or an electric majority, I don't know. Um... I th if we okay, looking at the tech right now, obviously electric is way ahead. Uh, hydrogen has some nice advantages though. The fact that hydrogen cars can be lighter because you don't have the massive fucking lithium battery. The hydrogen fuel cells are considerably lighter. Um, that's actually the main thing, to be honest. Uh, that, that's honestly the main thing about it. They're just much lighter, so it. You could make the car. You could make the car more powerful with the same level of, or feel more powerful with the same level of performance because the car is considerably lighter. Um, I believe with the Mirai, uh, LTT did a video on this one actually. The Mirai is actually quite slow. I think it was like zero to sixty in nine seconds or something, which is in the range of my fucking Barita. Um. Yeah, so it's not the quickest thing. If you had something like this that was in like, even just in like Model Y speeds, I think there'd be a lot of people who'd be like super excited for hydrogen cars. Uh, let's see, actually. Uh, how much is Toyota Mirai price? So it's... It is fifty thousand dollars. I, th I think that's the U.S. price. 
That, yeah, that's the US price, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay, it is. Um, also, hydrogen per kilogram is very expensive. Um, I think it's like $16 a kilo or something. Uh, uh, hydrogen price. I can't find re Yeah, I can't find um current prices right now. Oh yeah, so US uh price it's $16 a kilo. So with the obviously that's not really that doesn't really translate into like internal combustion because you know you do internal combustion in liters or whatever the hell the US uses. Uh, it has a five kilogram tank. So filling the tank would cost uh, 105 Australian or whatever 16 times five is. 16 times five. So it would be $80 US to fill the tank. For a 650 kilometer range, 400 miles. So obviously it's it's not insanely expensive to fill it. Like that's that's... It's more expensive than most cars, but you're also buying a $50,000 car. So clearly you have enough money to spend on, uh, on, on uh, maybe a hundred dollars. What? Let's say you, you drive it like a normal person, maybe once every week, once every two weeks, a hundred dollars once every week or so, you know, it's more expensive than internal combustion, but absolutely viable not for most people absolutely but it is in the range of viability so i'm going to keep my eyes on the state of i guess the future we're going with cars whether it's going to be electric or hydrogen i, I, I don't know I, I i don't know uh some people have said it's very likely that you know we'll see that sort of the state we currently see with uh petrol and diesel where yeah, diesel cars are much less popular than uh, than petrol, but diesel does have its place. Diesel has its place in work vehicles and in other vehicles that require towing, like trucks, for example. Whereas petrol for general consumers is, is just what you use. So it's very possible that electric will be, you know, what the regular person has. And then hydrogen will be the long haul, uh, for the, like, the long haul vehicles and for the work vehicles. The only reason I say it like that is because everyone has electricity in their house. Like most of you, anyone listening to this has electricity in their house. Um, so you can always charge your car like at home. Uh, whereas I don't think we're running hydrogen lines to anyone's house. That, that seems like a very bad idea. We already run natural gas lines and that's already very flammable. Hydrogen lines don't seem like a good idea. Um... Oh, speaking of that, the uh, the big bomb that you have attached to your car. So, there was a shooting a hydrogen tank. Here we go. So, <laughs> Toyota wanted to test the safety of their tanks. This is uploaded on the Toyota YouTube channel. They're like, oh yeah, uh, are the, uh, uh, is a hydrogen tank safe? Well, yeah, let's just fucking shoot it. And it didn't explode because the way I understand it is by the time it could 
Um, by the time it could sort of combust, all of the hydrogen has left the tank already. So, yeah, because it, it it's not just like, it, it's so, it's so highly pe uh, pressurized that once you let that pressure out, it's just fucking gone. I think it's something like 10,000 PSI or something like that, which that, by the 10,000 PSI part is the dangerous part, but the hydrogen part seems to not be as bad. There's a video. There's videos about hydrogen cars going back to 2015. What the fuck? How did I not know about hydrogen cars until like just the other day? How how did? Why is everybody just talking about electric and there is no discussion about hydrogen? I don't under. I I really don't understand. Like there's there's so much hype behind electric, but I didn't even know hydrogen was a thing. Like, I know the element exists. I didn't know hydrogen cars were a thing. I thought they were, like, still these these demo things that hadn't really been made past anything, uh, like, anything more than a concept car, but I, I was completely wrong. And you know what? I'm I'm happy to be wrong. I'm I'm happy for there to be a more, a more, more cool tech out there for everybody to experience. Um, yeah. Speaking of cool tech, cool. one cool thing you might want is a GPU. Now, when you get yourself a GPU, uh, this is the sort of thing you do not want to see. Why does it say fake NVIDIA? Is it really fake? So, if we have a look at this one. Um, fake NVIDIA GT uh, GTX 1050 Ti. GP107400. Uh, GF116. PCI2 uh, by 16, 4GB card, GDDR5 SD RAM, 128-bit. Uh, yeah, so apparently, I think this is CPU, I want to say CPU ID, but it could be GPU Z. Apparently, whatever application this is, whichever one it was, actually will detect if the specs line up with, uh, or the specs it can detect line up with what the specs of the card actually should be. And if they don't, it's going to say, like, it's actually fake, which is actually really useful. Now, the weird story about this is this person didn't buy it on Wish. Also, yeah, it's, it's apparently actually a 550 Ti that has been, uh, had its drivers fucked with to make it report as wrong card. Um, this person didn't buy it off of Wish, apparently. Like, which is the way you'd expect to get a fake GPU. Maybe you'll get, like, a GPU box and just nothing, nothing of note from it. But no, this guy didn't buy it from Wish. He actually bought it from Amazon, from what he says. Now, obviously, he didn't buy... Uh, he didn't buy it from, you know, an established seller. Like, you know, I, I presume Newegg has an Amazon store and other legitimate retailers have an uh, Amazon stores. My guess is he bought it from some third-party seller who, you know, was just trying to get rid of it and see see what, what happens. Um, and sadly, he got, uh, he got completely screwed. Um, I don't know how much he paid for it. I hope he didn't pay too much for it. I hope... Uh, Wait, what is this? You're in so much luck. My son built his first computer in 2017. 
Uh, I had to go to Newegg order history to make sure the card's sitting on the kitchen table in a poly bag is a 10 TI. It's uh Yep. Wait, what is this? Oh, right. So this person oh, there's someone in here trying to sell this person a 1050 Ti. That's actually kind of cool. Um But um Yeah, so this person must have bought it from a Oh, it's hardware info, not uh GPU ID or CPU Z. Okay, my bad. Um He must have bought it from a third party seller. I I hope that he got a good deal on it, like maybe a hundred dollars at the most. But like, if he paid anything close to retail, like, or not even close to retail, like close to fucking scalpers' prices right now, man, he got screwed. And I hope that because there is direct evidence of this being a scam, Amazon does refund this person. If they get to it quick enough, uh, Amazon generally is like eBay. Generally tends to side with the um the buyer, not the seller. Um, because it's generally better for their reputation to side with what the buyer says. Uh, it just makes it, it makes it easier for them. Even though, you know, it's going to piss off some of their sellers. Where are you going to go? What, you're going to not be on eBay? You're going to not be on Amazon? Well, you're not going to fucking sell stuff then. <clears throat> um... But while we're on the uh, while we're on the note of weird computer shit, uh, this is without a doubt the best and worst keyboard ever actually created. Uh, this is a zero point ninety six percent keyboard. This uh, th what that exactly means? Uh, okay, you can't see it because the thing of it set up. Basically, it is a keyboard with a single key, and the way it uh changes what letters are being shown is based on how many times you press the button. Um, is this practical? No. No. Is it cool? Maybe. Is it a really cool programming experiment to get a keyboard working with a single button? Oh, absolutely. This absolutely is cool. Um, I don't know if it's just the um, the alphanumeric keys that work. Um, or if it's the entire keyboard. Like, you can do F1 key, like the F keys and stuff. Um, that better be binary. I, I, I don't, like, people are like, oh, is it binary? Is it Morse code? You just watch the fucking video. He, it's it's based on how many times you press the key. Uh, my guess... Actually, my guess is not even alphanumeric. I think it might just be alpha. Wait, let me, triple, let me watch that again. One, two, three, four. Uh, I wanted to... No, it, I, I thought maybe it was lining up with the letters in the... Uh, like, the, the amount of times you press it is the number in the alphabet. I don't know how this is working, actually. I have no idea what it's doing. But I love there are people in here... Like, most people in here understand that is, uh, this is absolutely a joke. But there are some people in here being like, What is the point? Why are you, why are you doing... Oh, it is Morse code. Okay, forget what I'm saying. How, wait, how is it Morse code? You're not... Wait, what? 
You're not the. Oh no! Okay, no, it is. Yeah, okay. The break. Right. Sorry, my bad. The breaks in between are the longs. Right. Okay, my bad. It is Morse code. Yeah. Um. Either way, uh, it's cool. And the point is because, uh, why not? Why not? It's it's cool, and you can do it. So you might as well. And uh, good luck to you. I hope you come back with a uh. Some other crazy keyboard experiment. If you want some fun, I recommend checking out r slash mechanical keyboards. Because the people on this subreddit are very weird people. Um, yeah, they're, they're very weird people who are very obsessed, like, to an actual ridiculous degree with keyboards. And I've never understood, like, I've ne really never understood the obsession with keyboards. Like, I have a keyboard. It does keyboard things. And that is about uh, as about as far as it needs to go. But, like, you'll see all of this crazy shit. Like, I don't even know what this is. Like, this, this seems like a pain in the ass to use. Uh, there was one in... A lot of them, a lot of them are, like, very boring. Like, hey, look, it's my first custom keyboard. And it's, it's just a keyboard. Um, then you have weird shit like this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's one in here I saw the other day where it was... Oh, this is a, um, a bird tearing apart a keyboard. Lovely. Uh, there's one in here I saw the other day where it had keycaps that were just dots. And that's, that seems great and all, except for the fact that... Uh, I would forget what keys are what. I would look down at my keyboard and be like, oh yeah, um, what, what is this, what is this button here? Doesn't say, because it's literally just a dot, and I can't find it because these people are insane and post so many keyboards. Like, you would be surprised by how many ways that you can create, like, how many ways you can lay out a keyboard. Also, that's... I don't like that mouse. Um, yeah. So, if you want to go see some weird people with keyboards, I, uh... I, I highly recommend. It's, uh... Gonna be like... You're gonna, you're gonna think, like, why do I want to spend $700 on a keyboard? And you're gonna come out of this saying, I still don't know why I want to spend $700 on a keyboard. But now you've seen some cool keyboards, I guess. <laughs> also, you'll see, like, a bunch of weird keycaps. Like, um... Like this one here, where someone made... I already showed a bunch of other weird keycaps, but this is a keycap that is uh, modeled after an RTX 3080. So, um, yeah, there's also that. Now, I was talking about some cars earlier, and I didn't realize that this was a thing. Obviously, there are scalpers for, like, GPUs, phones, all of that fun stuff, but I didn't realize the scalping went, you know, all the way up to... As, as expensive of a device. So, this is sort of like a two-part story. Um, Ford doesn't want the F-150, yeah, the F-150's lightning launch to be plagued by scalpers. So, if you buy the new Ford F-150 lightning, uh, you will not be able to sell it for a year. Now, this is being done to supposedly stop people scalping. But, we'll talk about that in a moment. 
I didn't realize that there were people who bought and flipped cars. Like, it makes sense. Like, now that I know about it, it makes sense. But who is that obsessed with buying the latest and greatest car? Like, how how little do you have going on in your life? Like, that's the thing you want to burn your money on. Because this isn't, like, a, a cheap car. How much is the... I think it's, like... Give me the price. I want to say... I want to say 70. Ford F-150 Lightning price. Do-do-do. Uh, oh, it's also got a, uh, a $10,000 markup. Uh, oh, so 54000 for the top-end version. So that's 70000 80000 Australian. Um, but, like, it seems like, like flipping a car like that would be really fucking difficult. At least, like, maybe maybe this is just me. But I, when when I bought my car, uh, I still have the first car that I bought. Like, when I bought my car, I didn't go into it looking for a specific car. I went into it looking for a solid car. Maybe it's different if you buy a new car. Maybe, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not, in, like, I'm not in, been in the market for a new car. Probably never will be. But maybe it's different. Maybe you go into that market being like, I want this specific car. You don't have, like, you know, a range of cars you want to buy. I presume some people would. They'd be like, oh, I want a, I want a Corolla or I want this or this or this. All similar cars, but not, like, a very specific model. But maybe it's because, like, the electric market is still so small. Especially the electric, uh, like, pickup truck market. Because I can't think of too many other... Too many other vehicles in that range. So maybe it's just the fact that if you want to buy electric pickup truck, like, this is one of the few you'll possibly be able to get. And because of the chip shortage, there's going to be a uh, smaller, smaller number of them than there otherwise would be anyway. Um... But, yeah, uh, apparently people scalp cars. News to me. Um, but as for Ford stopping you from selling the car, this is a really weird situation. I, I can understand from their perspective why they would want to stop people scalping it. Like, I can get that because what's going to happen is people are going to buy the car, they will sell it, and it will give, like, a really bad image to Ford. Like, the fact that there are people scalping AMD and NVIDIA cards in the GPU market, like, that gives a bad image to those companies. And I'm sure for any other, like, any other piece of tech or anything else being scalped out there, it gives some bad reputation to the company, even if it's not, like, as big as in NVIDIA, NVIDIA's case where they're literally selling cards to miners, um, like, having literal deals with miners... Um, it would still lead to some level of, uh, customer distaste or customer, whatever you want to call it. People, customer dissatisfaction, that one. But then there's the other side where I don't like the idea that a company can tell you that you're not allowed to sell something. That you bought this $50,000 car or whatever it is, and you're not allowed to sell it. You have to hold on to it for a year. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter if 
maybe maybe you realize it was a bad idea to buy this car and you want to downsize maybe that you don't want to have an electric car because you realize that maybe even though you thought an electric car would be fine for your workflow uh this one for whatever reason doesn't fit there or maybe you have like a medical emergency where Maybe you just don't need your car for a year and you need that money. Or maybe you lose your job and, you know, you want to sell this car and buy a cheaper one because, like, you don't need a $50,000 car when you don't have a job. You'd much rather get, like, you'd rather sell this car, buy a $5,000 car and get, you know, it's still a perfectly functional car. Maybe $10,000, whatever you want to spend. Um, there's also that side. I think, like, I think the, the better way they could handle this, the way that I would like to see it handled is when you buy the car, if you agree to not sell it for a year. So this is something the purchaser can decide, you know, in that, that period where they, they buy the car. If you choose to not sell the car for a year, two years, whatever period they say, then they'll give you a discount on the car, whether it's, you know, 5000 or 10000 I think that doing that, even if it's not a super substantial deal, because right now uh, the car's already being marked up by 10000 above what they should be anyway, even if it's just 10000 bring it back down to the regular retail price. I think that that would still lead to a lot of good publicity for Ford because then you can, it, like, you have this option. You have the option to say, I'm going to get a discount. And what's going to happen is all of the media outlets are just going to report Ford is offering buyers of the new F-150 a discount. And that's the only thing that's going to be in the title. And then the subtitle is going to be, if you choose to not sell it for a year. That, I think, actually would work much better in their favor. It would obviously not stop scalpers then because there would be people that buy the car, don't agree to sell it, uh, don't, don't agree to not sell it for a year and then sell it anyway and they scalp it. And because it's going to have a, a lower volume than it otherwise would, that market may actually have people, um, people making use of it. But, I don't know, I'm sure they have a marketing team that's thought about this. Maybe they just thought this was the... Well, it's definitely the cheapest solution because they don't have to give any discounts. Maybe they thought that um, the price that it will cost to give people discounts does not sort of outweigh the, the market... Uh, it outweighs the marketing benefits they'd get by doing that solution. Because Ford's not a dumb company. Ford's been around for a very long time. They know how to sell cars. They know what they're doing. Whether they are uh, do, do the best things and everything. They, they're good at making money. If nothing else, they're good at making money. Um, so I'm sure they've thought about this, but that's the way that I would have liked to see it uh, like myself. I don't like the idea that a company can tell me that I'm just not allowed to sell something. Like, let's say you, I don't know, uh, you buy a phone, for example, and then you're not allowed to flip that phone for a year, for two years, but you've bought the phone outright. Like, you literally own it. You could go and take a hammer to it, and no one can stop you doing that. 
that I, I just feel that it feels weird to me. It feels weird that a company can say that you're not allowed to do this. Um, but that is what it is, and it's not going to affect me because, as I've said, I buy secondhand cars, so yeah. Uh, and I, I recommend that most people do the same as well. Because unless you're a car guy, like, why why are you buying an expensive car? Get the whole car guy thing. If you like cars, you think cars are cool, you want to drive a fast car, you want to drive a new car, cool. Perfectly fine. But if you're not, if you're just someone who sees a car as a thing that is a, an object to get you from point A to point B, why are you spending so much on it? Like, you can buy cheaper cars that still look nice. I don't know. I'm sure there's there's some, like, you know, flexing thing there that I just don't understand because I've just never had enough money to spend that money, but that's just... It is what it is. It is what it is, basically. And speaking of it is what it is, um, I put the wrong link there. Shit. Um, I will... Wait, what link even is here? Okay, no, that's a different link. I want to talk about that one as well. Um, this is the link. Okay, well, fine. Uh, this is about the new 6500 XT. AMD's new GPU. Um, <laughs> so, Radeon RX 6500 XT is bad at cryptocurrency mining on purpose, AMD says. Um, so, we've really optimized this one to be gaming first at that target market, Smith said. And you can see that the way we configured the part. Even with 4 gigs of frame buffer... That's a really nice frame buffer size for the uh, majority of AAA games, and it's not particularly attractive if you're doing blockchain-type activities or mining activities. I didn't know, like, sort of the, the RAM requirements, the memory requirements that are needed for doing uh, blockchain stuff, but uh, the PCI 4.0 4X electrical slot also cripples it on PCI 3.0 and earlier. Oh, okay. Um... Apparently, nowadays, you want to be looking at, um, what? You want to be looking at a 6 gig at the bare minimum or 8 gig for doing mining. Um, and a lot of people are saying that, I, I saw a lot of people saying that, like, the 4 gigs isn't really val uh, valuable to, to gamers either. Like, you need more than 4 gigs of VRAM, but... You don't, you really don't. Like, what is my card? The, um, RX 570? Yeah, RX 570. Um, it's a perfectly functional card, and it has 4 gigs of VRAM. Sure, I can't max out graphics on modern games, but you've never been able to max out graphics on modern games with a, you know, a 500 class card. Like, that's just never happened. For general gaming, like, 4 gigs is still... But perfectly functional, just like how eight gigs of RAM is still perfectly functional. Yes, you want you know you want more VRAM. You absolutely do. It will give you the ability to load up these higher higher resolution textures and load them quickly. But like you don't need more, especially if you're playing 1080p games and if you have a 500 class card or a 50 class card on the Nvidia side. Like, you, you don't, like, you don't need more. So, I'm actually kind of happy that 
Um, this is the thing. I've already said I'm not buying one. Uh, probably because it uh, won't really... Actually, it's... isn't it out now? Wait, is it out there? Give me one second. 6500 XT. Is it out? Is it out? Wait. Uh, do, do, do. Can I... Oh, you can buy one. Okay. So, yes, it is out. Uh, Asus is charging 334 euros. Th far out. Um, so, it's already sitting around uh, 100 and, what, 150%. 150%. Uh, 150%. Uh, um, what's the word? Performance. Yes. Since there are prices for it, there should be benchmarks. Give me them benchmarks. Are there benchmarks? Or are these just early prices that we're listing? Um, uh, I may not actually be out yet. Uh, I think they might just be early pricing. It is weaker than the old RX 480. Uh, is it? Or is it just bad on paper? Wait, 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 wait. What the fuck is this? Wait, the... According to the numbers here, it performs... It's specced worse than uh, the previous generation card. I don't think we have benchmarks for it yet. Um. Yeah, I don't think so. Either way, I'm going to keep an eye on that one. I want to see how that ends up going. And I will, uh, I will, I will actually wait. Yeah. Is there, can I, can I look at the prices on the Australian market? Um, no. Okay. Apparently not. Let's see. Uh, maybe on Amazon. 6,500 XT. Uh, 6,600. No, I cannot find them. I'm gu guessing it's just some early listings then. I will buy a card in the 7,000 series probably or... Yeah, probably... Like, as long as the prices make some level of sense in the 7,000 series... I'll buy a new GPU then. I'll probably buy... I would like to buy a 700 class, but I'll probably end up having to go, like, 600 XT again. Like, or not again. Like, going to that instead. Because I, I, like, I've seen how ridiculous the 700 stuff is right now in, like, the 15 $1,800 range, and I, I, that's just not for me. I'm not doing that. It's just not going to happen. Um, but 800, I can justify 800. Like, that, that is a bit more sensible. Um, yeah. But, uh, speaking of games, oh, actually, speaking of GPUs, uh, people have been asking on the, I think it's the Linux Reddit? Yeah, r slash Linux. People have been asking about the Intel GPUs. People have been very confused about, like, how the drivers are going to be. And I don't know why anyone is confused about, like, how the drivers are going to be for an, for a, uh, an Intel GPU. Because we already know what Intel GPU drivers are like. 
because we already have them. Because we already have their, like, APUs. And they're good drivers. Like, I, I don't know why anyone's, like, really confused about this. I'm like, are they going to be, like, NVIDIA? Are they going to have proprietary drivers? Or is it going to be, like, AMD? I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same drivers that they're already using. Uh, it is well known that NVIDIA drivers do not have the same level of support for the Linux operating system compared to AMD. There are people in this comment section actually trying to justify that they do. Uh, it's funny. Uh, one example is that Wayland doesn't really support NVIDIA yet. At the very least, I'm having problems getting Wayland to work on my 1066 gigabyte. Uh, despite that being stuck with one company sucks, do y'all think Intel support Wayland and other Linux solutions to the same degree or better than AMD when the new Alchemist lineup comes out? Is that what it's called? It's the Alchemist lineup? That's kind of cool, actually. Uh, if not an all-AMD system, uh, maybe the best for my uh, maybe best bet for my next build. Uh, it is well known that NVIDIA drivers have the same, uh, have same level, do not have the same level of support for Linux. This is false. NVIDIA has a better support on Linux than AMD. Uh, when new card is launched, they have drivers ready on launch. Every feature from these cards has implementations on Linux. Uh, uh, <laughs> have you heard of Shadowplay? <laughs> um, Shadowplay doesn't exist. Like, it never existed. It probably never will exist. Um, this is, isn't there like an... Uh, what is it? NVIDIA... Uh, is, this is like a webcam cropping thing. Webcam background removal... Linux. Uh, NVIDIA RTX Broadcast. NVIDIA RTX Broadcast Linux. Uh, yep, only available for Windows. Wow. It's almost like this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, AMD cards don't work on launch, lack some features like a hardware decoder on video, uh, like a hardware decoder video on Linux, for example. What? Uh, is that actually true, or are you just making that up? Uh, AMD Linux hardware, uh, decoder. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. Uh, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure the hardware encoding and decoding, uh, works just fine on the Linux. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> it does, and it's worked for quite a while. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, my man. I really, I really don't know. Um, the Wayland situation is just because the protocol is not the default on Linux, so NVIDIA had developed their own, but this changed. Do you mean they worked with Canonical on Mer? I, I think that's what you're talking about. Uh, that thing that died and no one cares about now. Um, the only advantages of AMD is the open source drivers, so the community can does some workarounds with a uh, without AMD. No, the advantage of the the AMD drivers is that AMD fucking supports the open source drivers. Nvidia has open source drivers; it has the Novo drivers, but Nvidia pretends like they just don't exist. There's literally no technical reason, from what I understand that the NVIDIA drivers 
couldn't be just as good open source if they just pretend, if they just acknowledge they exist. If they just put developers onto Novo, that is all they need to do. Give them documentation, give them direct support, and then you'll be good. But this person gets it. Um, referring to the Intel uh, GPUs, uh, they will almost certainly use the same drivers as their integrated GPUs. Yes, they probably will. Um, wait, let, here we go. Here's another person simping for NVIDIA. Uh, one example is that Wayland doesn't support NVIDIA yet. True? Uh, or doesn't really. I won't disagree, though support for non-open source drivers has gotten much better. Very true. NVIDIA has actually been working on this. Um, it's just not there yet, from what I understand. Uh, my new notebook uses AMD for CPU and GPU. Oh, wow, you actually have an AMD notebook. That's cool. Uh, even in this case, I still have some bugs when using Wayland with Plasma in my case, and without X Wayland, I can't use some programs at all currently. That's because programs are running through X. Of course, you need X Wayland. Um, but NVIDIA also has an advantage over AMD, a graphical tool to set the driver configuration uh, for showing information. That actually, you know what? I'll give you that. I don't know of a... Um, I... I I don't, like, I do everything from the terminal in that case, but AMD configure, uh, graphical configuration, oh, uh, Linux? I, is there just not one? Uh, yeah, apparently, at least as, as of 2019, there's no, uh, there's no GUI. Oh, that's, unless there's third-party ones? Yeah, there's some people working on third-party ones. Uh, but it seems like AMD themselves... Yeah, there, there's a third-party one that does exist. But it seems like AMD themselves um, does not actually... Does not actually have a... That is useful. I need to have a look at this. Um, that is... Oh, it supports fan curves as well. Okay, I'm... It seems like... It's not super worked on... Um, but I'll have to give it a look. If this is in a good state, I'm definitely going to promote this. Um, because that's actually really useful to know about. I, I genuinely did not know that existed. Uh, have you tried the latest drivers version 495? Uh, this is your, right, this is the, uh, the Wayland, uh, updates. Uh, I hope the Intel cards will have Intel support. All the Intel drivers. The drivers that Intel makes. Um... Unless my news from two days ago is off, Intel is literally shipping their GPUs to warehouses now and will release this quarter. I I will not buy it on day one. It's not going to happen because that's insane. I would never buy like a new GPU or a new bit of hardware ever for Linux like when it first came out. Um, but if it's cool... um. Maybe in the future, I'm going to run like a AMD CPU and an Intel GPU. Like, what a weird situation that is. Like, hey, they could, I, I hope they're actually good gaming cards. Um, but I guess we're waiting till Q2 to find out exactly, uh, exactly what's going to be like. And I'm, I'm excited. And I hope that everybody else who cares about gaming, um, is excited as well because... 
it's good to have competition because up until this point, sure, there's AMD and NVIDIA for competition, but like when there's only two people in the market, it's very easy for them to like sort of like leap, not leapfrog, I like uh, leapfrog's actually a good way to put it. Like leapfrog slightly above each other, like never really, you know, shooting past, but like just being slightly better than the last one. And ultimately that is still better for gamers, but having those bigger jumps will be, will be nice. And yeah, I, I, I'm excited for, I'm, I'm excited for new options, especially new options that are very likely just going to work well on, uh, work well on, uh, on, on, on Linux. Um, sorry, I just saw something that I don't know why it exists. Um, apparently Supertox is now available on Steam. Uh, low early access. Is Supertux still a beta? Uh, last time I tried, there wasn't an ending. Just a dead end in the world after the Yeti or whatever. That uh, This was a few years ago, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's still unfinished. Uh, requires agreement to a third-party EULA. GNU <laughs> GBL is not a EULA. Um, uh, why can't... Uh, why if you can just install it via a package manager? Vis yeah, visibility is exactly why. I wonder what the Steam page looks like. What do we have on the Steam page? Oh, it's a trailer. I, I like the music. I've not actually played Supertux before. I actually should get around to doing so. People have told me about Supertux for a while. Um. Okay, for a second I thought the, the uh, audio might have been looping back into the mic. I don't have uh, my... my uh, earphones in right now um so i wasn't sure what was gonna actually happen there it looks fun uh how much oh okay they actually don't have a price on it so yeah they're just putting it up for free on um <clears throat> on on steam itself rather than you know putting up there and then also charging for it uh old but gold i look i should actually get around to uh to playing are there negative reviews there are no... Look, 100% positive rating. 100%. That means it's a perfect game. That is exactly how that goes down. Um, probably for the Steam Deck. <clears throat> yeah, man. Steam Deck, of course. Uh, Steam Deck is definitely where everyone's going to play this. I, I doubt most Steam Deck users will ever type Pac-Man-S anything unless there's some bug or dependency issue. Uh, it's also got a, um, uh, what's the word? A, a immutable root file system, so you're not doing that anyway, unless you enable, uh, the debug mode. Um, so, yeah. Uh, this week's stream, I'm gonna do LFS, but maybe, maybe we start doing a stream series of Super Tux. I don't know how long the game is. Um, Super Tux. Uh, people keep bothering me to play Super Tux Cart again. I like Super Tux card again. There we go. I put the comment in, in a weird spot. Also, people have been asking me to play um, Xenotic again as well. Uh, I just haven't gone around to it. Seems like there's maybe a, a couple of worlds. The art style is really inconsistent, probably because a bunch of people, a bunch of different people have actually worked on it. Um, but either way. 
it's cool that this game is, uh, you know, still, still being supported. Wait, hold on. It now supports WASM compilation, so you can play it inside of your browser. Oh, that's cool. And the, wait, there's wall jumping now. Wait, there's wall jumping and swimming. I thought this was inspired by early Mario. I don't think early Mario had either of those things, but whatever. I'm happy for wall jumping. Wall jumping is cool. I wonder, like, how how janky it would feel. There's also an add-on creator. So you can make mods for this. Oh, no. That sounds like people are going to do some crazy shit. They're, like, ten people that are, are really into this game. I wonder how many people are active on the forum, actually. Um... I... <laughs> Ideas for the next release. Six years ago. <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah, six years ago, I guess. Um, so there's, from what I know, there's at least, there's at least two worlds. There may be more. But, um, we'll see, I guess. I should play it. I should give it more attention and get some uh, get some people to actually go and uh, go and support it because it's cool and it's cool that people are just you know making this cool game because they just like the idea of Linux and they like the idea of Tux and they just they just want to like get the message out there and hey I think that's I think that's just nice. Speaking of things that are nice, not nice. I don't know. Depending on how you want to frame this. Um, you know you can't get away from my podcast if we're not going to talk about crypto at least once. Now, uh, Mozilla, they have recently or temporarily stopped accepting crypto donations. Uh, the reason for doing so was because of a the environmental impact. Now, I've I've talked about this in the past. Uh, I will admit that some of the problems with it are a little bit overblown. I do think a lot of the uses for crypto are absolutely a waste, like the whole NFT image bullshit. That is just a waste of power for the sake of it. But when it comes to general monetary exchanges, um, the problem may be more overblown than uh, I initially thought it was. So I'm happy to admit that I was probably wrong about that. But what I'm not wrong about is the fact that this tweet is incredibly, incredibly, not incredibly, incredibly fucking cringe. Uh, Mozilla, dabble in Dogecoin, hodling some Bitcoin, uh, and Ethereum. We're using BitPay to accept donations in cryptocurrency. This is the tweet they put out. And they got ridiculed for this. They got so ridiculed for this. Obviously, there is the whole not liking crypto altogether. There is absolutely that. But, like, this tweet, like, could you have framed it in a better way? Like, you could be like, hey, we're now accepting donations in this and this and this. No one would, like, sure, maybe some would be like, but crypto bad. And, yeah, that, that will happen. But, like, did you have to say dabble in some Dogecoin hodling some Bitcoin. Did did you have to do that? Of all the things you could have said, I'm sure there is a, a less cringe way that you could have phrased that, which would have led to 
far, far less people bullying you on the internet. There's obviously going to be people that do that, like me, um, because I think it's just funny anyway. Because it's always funny to see how angry the, like, the hardcore crypto bros get every single time you say anything slightly negative about crypto. But it is what it is. Um, uh, speaking of crypto, though, Sega has a really interesting take on, uh, NFTs in video games. Basically, uh, so Sega cites fan backlash in surprisingly cautious take on gaming NFTs. Uh, if it is perceived as simple money ma money making, Sega would like to not proceed. I didn't talk about this when it happened, but the red president, I want to say, president of C of, uh, of Square Enix, yes, president of Square Enix, uh, talked about introducing NFTs into some of their games. EA and Take Two have talked about it. Uh, I really care about EA and Take Two. Square Enix is where my uh, Konami and Atari also have kept, uh, talked about it, but Square Enix is where my focus is right now because of you know big fourteen player right now. Um, and I really hope that they keep NFTs very, very far away from 14. That game, the reason why 14 does so well is because they allow Yoshi P to do whatever the fuck he wants. And generally that means making a good video game. And I think the second that Square Enix tries to like inject that into the game, it's going to burn a lot of the goodwill that has been built up over the, you know, past uh ARR, Heaven's Ward, Stormblood, Shadowbring. Past over the past five expansions. It'll it'll burn that in a fucking instant. I don't know if people would leave the game, but they definitely have a more a more blizzard like opinion of the company. Um Meaning, not like playing the game out of habit, not out of liking the game. Um, and I don't, I want that because I like the state the fourteen community is in, and I I I like the game. Um, but Sega said, uh, it would like to try out various experiments, and we've already started many different uh, studies and considerations in the space, uh, including so-called play-to-earn games. Um. In practically the same breath, though, Sega acknowledged that there are users who show negative reactions at this point to the use of NFTs in games, citing unspecified negative elements. Uh, Sega said directly that it will need to carefully assess what will be accepted and what will not be by the users. So... Wait, dis I, I was talking about this the other day. Uh, I was saying how long until Discord NFTs. I didn't know they actually backed away. We'll have a look at that one in just a moment. Um... We will consider this uh, this further if NFT contribute uh, NFTs contribute to our mission. Our uh, uh, mission constantly creating, forever captivating. Sega said in the Q and A. But if it is perceived as simple money making, I would like to make uh, make a decision not to proceed. What this means, okay? Now the way we can we can certainly take that at face value, saying, "Hey, look, Sega doesn't want it to be simple money making. They're being like a an ethical company." Now. I'm not an idiot. I know that Sega knows that I know that that's bullshit. What they want to do is they want to have NFTs be in there in a way that doesn't ruin their public image. 
So they're not going to go like hardcore, hey, we're just going to like fucking turn all of our skins into NFTs. Like that would instantly piss off a lot of people. But if you can like, you know, squeeze it in there, like slightly shimmy your way through, get the NFTs in there in just like a light way that makes people not super bothered, but still let you have it be simple money making. Um, I think that's ultimately the goal they are trying to uh, achieve there. I could be wrong. I could just be, you know, sort of adding intent where it doesn't exist. But I really doubt that a company like Sega that has literal fucking pachinko machines um, isn't doing something to make money. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what a pach uh, pachinko machine is, um, it is basically gambling. Um, it's, uh, it's, 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 yeah. And apparently Sega made a billion dollars on pachinko machines last year. Basically, the idea of, of a pachinko machine is, is, here we go. Actually, basically, you get the ball to fall down in, it is this. Here we go. Um, here's an image. You get def the, you put a ball in, the ball falls down into the hole, and depending on where the hole is, uh, it gives you different amount of balls out because gambling not directly allowed, but you're allowed to you're allowed to gamble these these mad these like metal balls. Um, so if you are uh, if you gamble the metal balls and then next door you have a place where you can sell the metal balls, well, well. You know, you can you can get away from uh from the problems, can't you? And you know, like any sort of uh any sort of gambling, there is flashing colours and all of that fun stuff, uh, because that's how you keep people uh that's how you, you keep the the lizard brain engaged with it. Even though there's basically no gameplay, you gotta like you gotta like, you know, engage the lizard. Um and that's how Sega makes a lot of their money. So clearly Sega doesn't care about simple money making, but they don't want it to, everyone knows what, like everyone who knows about Pachinko knows what Pachinko is, even, even if we're not going to, you know, fully openly acknowledge that it is gambling. Um, but gaming's a little bit different. They, like, there is this image that Sega makes good games. Sometimes. There is this I image that Sega is a game developer that, and game developers typically want to make games. Um, so you've got to have, like, a different sort of approach to it if you want to turn it into simple money-making. You can't just... Well, it's different if you release straight, just straight-up release a fucking NFT collection. I'm pretty sure... Was it Sega that released it? Was it Konami? Sega NFT collection. Who was it that released one... It might have been Konami that released an NFT collection recently. Yeah, yeah, it was Konami. Uh, Konami released the um, the Castlevania 35th Anniversary NFT Collection, which is literally the most lazy thing. They just straight up took an image they already had and then just sold it. Because that's what NFT collections are. That's all. That's all. Even just the... Wait, here's a comment I just saw. Even just the idea of Web3 as though crypto slash NFT is so revolutionary slash useful enough to become foundational to the World Wide Web is angrifying. I don't think angri... Is angrifying a word? Angrifying. Ang 
angrifying. I think he means aggravating. Is it, that's the word he's going for. Angrifying is in the Urban Dictionary. Is it in a an actual dictionary? Angrifying, uh, Webster. Angrifying Mary? No, no, it's not. Okay, I think you mean aggravating. I wish we'd go back to normal times. No, I, didn't, I don't mean before the, the Rona. I mean before I heard about yet another company adopting NFT every damn day. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, here's the Discord thing. So this was... Oh, this was actually not that long ago. Uh, wait, is this American dates or is this real dates? Okay, this is uh, American dates. So... I, I've i said before, I really fucking hate month, day, year. If you use month, day, year, you actually need to, like, go back to school and learn how a date is read. Um, anyway, so that's... I'll let, that's November the 12th, right. Um, so Discord CEO is publicly backing away from hints that the gaming-focused social networking di uh, company was seeking to integrate non-fungible tokens and cryptocurrency wallets into the platform directly. Um, the news comes from Jason Citron, who founded and leads the company, tweeted a mock-up. Oh, right, I remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, it was this. Ah, oh, yeah, so he tweeted out this picture and probably got roasted for it. Um... Wait, thanks for all the pers uh, perspectives, everyone. We have no current plans to ship this internal concept. For now, we're focused on protecting users from spam, scams, and fraud. Well, <laughs> integrating crypto is probably the best plan, then. Um, please don't... Yeah, okay, you've got yourself an ETH address and, a, uh, and an NFT. Of course you do. Um, please don't let bullies stop you from being innovative and doing what you think is right. Uh, folks are parading a lot of bad faith arguments against Web3 right now. Optimus Prime says that it's okay to bully crypto nerds. True. Um, don't bully, don't bully people, but like, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> uh, is this someone in trash NFT collector? Hey, look, at least you're being, at least you're being honest about uh, what it is right now. Um, anyway, yeah, they, they put this image out a few months back. Um, and clearly they got roasted for it. Um, on Monday of a Discord interface showing integration with crypto uh, products like MetaMask, Wallet Connect, and Ethereum in the Discord app, alongside currently integrated services like YouTube, Twitch, etc. That post led to a serious pushback from some Discord users and watchers, leading to Citron sending out a tweet backing away from the concept late Wednesday. Um, and that was thanks for the perspective we just read. Um, Citron's statement also comes after Internet Archive uh, archivist Jason Scott highlighted a now-deleted Discord survey archived here, asking users about their familiarity and preferences regarding uh, NFTs and other so-called Web3 technologies. We're always exploring and hacking away at things we think will improve Discord for all the communities we serve. A Discord spokesman told The Verge earlier this week regarding that survey, this includes research that helps us learn about what people want. Um, clearly, a lot of people don't want crypto involved. And every single time the NFTs are mentioned, Axie Infinity is mentioned, because Axie Infinity 
That Axie Infinity is Axie Infinity is to NFTs as Linux is to open source. It is the pinnacle of what that thing can be. Some NFT projects like Collabland, I've never heard of that one. Um Microsoft was rumored. Oh, I remember when Microsoft was rumored to purchase Discord. That was a fun time. Um, wait, wait, wait. What is this? Wait, what is this about Atari? Wait, wait. Where did I see that thing about Atari? Hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. Plenty of other gaming companies have also been making vague nods towards NFT plans in recent weeks. Yep. Uh, though none of those companies seem to know. What exactly what form that future integration might take. In the meantime, you can always buy an NFT of an Atari cartridge if you want. What? Wait, you just buying... You're buying a 3D model of an Atari cartridge. For 18,000... What? Why? Man, fucking crypto bros. Crypto bros just they don't they don't make any sense to me. They really don't. Uh, I don't understand, man. I really don't. Actually, on that note, I want to sort of clarify my stance on crypto because with me ranting about crypto as much as I do, it seems like a lot of people sort of have misinterpreted what I where I actually stand and Sort of like, you know, they've said to me, oh, you, Brody, you own crypto. I'm, you, clearly, you're hypocrite. You, you, don't, you don't actually hate crypto. You're just doing whatever for clear, whatever, whatever YouTubers do. Now, I want to, uh, as I said, want to clarify my stance. I don't think crypto as a investment property is a bad idea. I have money in various crypto projects, whether that be Bitcoin, Ethereum. I'm not going to give out specific projects because I'm actually not a financial advisor, unlike all of the not financial advisors on YouTube who then give you financial advice while saying they're not a financial advisor. So I'm not going to tell you what I have money in, but just know I have money in the crypto space. I've sold coins before. I've made not you know enough to buy a house, but like I've made a substantial amount of money from it. I think that crypto is an interesting investment, but I don't know if it is a... I don't know how it can be a long-term investment. Like, there is clearly a lot of hype behind this technology. I don't know what the use case for a lot of this technology is going to be in the future. Right now, right now you can obviously make a lot of money from it most a lot actually a lot of projects not not all but a lot of projects but i don't know if we're going to hit a point where we realize that this technology doesn't actually have a use case that we thought it did and we just sort of fade away from it and prices plummet into the ground but because there is so much hype behind it and there is so much work being put into it I think for the core coins, those coins that actually, you know, not not Tether. Tether is uh, go watch CoffeeZilla on why you shouldn't have money in Tether, uh, on in Tether. But um, I have had money in the past. But for anyone who digs into my wallet history, like, where do you you've had Tether? Like, yes, I've had Tether, and I probably I think I still have a bit of Tether. Like, that just never got around to selling, like maybe a thousand dollars or something. Um, but I don't buy Tether at this point. 
Um, probably should just sell it, to be honest. I'm lazy. I'm lazy and I haven't sold it. But the projects that actually do have big, big hype behind them, a lot of work behind them, I think what's going to happen at some point is we're going to hit sort of like the... You know how there was the, the web... Uh, what was it called? The... It, the 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 web bubble is the was the web bubble what was it called i'm forgetting the exact term what the hell was it dot com bubble there we go dot com bubble um we're going to hit a point where we hit the dot com bubble basically for anyone who somehow doesn't know what the dot com bubble was there was all of this hype pushed behind the internet everything everything was going to be the internet and nowadays yeah everything is but there was so much hype early on when the tech wasn't ready and everything just exploded. There were all of these companies that didn't have any products. They were nothing. They were just being pushed by hype. And that's that's all the value they had. And then when people realized this and there was just so much shit going on, it just collapsed. And that's sort of the state we're in with crypto right now. There are so many projects and there are so many projects that don't do anything they're just there to be like you know cash grab um cash grab money makers or they're just they're just copies of other projects and they don't really have any legs to stand on themselves so i think what's going to happen at some point is we're going to get to a point where with all of the shit that's going on, whether that be the NFT nonsense, whether that be, like, NFTs, I think, are the big thing that is going to push this, because people are starting to realize, like, how fucking insane the crypto market is right now. Like, there's no rational person outside of the crypto bros who thinks that NFT images make any sense. But it, it what it is doing is getting a lot of attention on this market. So what I, what I think is going to happen is... So much of this shittery is going to go on. We're going to realize that there's no value in most of it, and it's going to crash into the ground. And then what's going to happen from that is the good projects. You know, obviously the Bitcoins and Ethereum and all that fun stuff. The, the actual projects that have use cases like um, uh, Monero, Cardano, these are going to rise from the ashes and... Then give another five, ten, maybe, maybe 15 years. Then those projects are going to be the sort of like the the Facebooks and the Googles and the, you know, the, the things that you look at the web space for in the crypto space. Um, that's where I stand. I think that the vast majority of the crypto market, just TLDR, the vast majority of the crypto market is a fucking joke. Most coins are being held up by nothing but hype. And that you can see from the fact there are so many coins out there that are being pushed by influencers. And the second the influencer jumps off, nobody cares about it. It gets, people just sell out and it's done. That's all. That's not a, that's not a healthy project. That's not an actual product. That's not something that has an actual future. But the ones that do, I think they're, I think there is a potential. I think there is a potential for a a long-term future if we actually come up with real use cases. Because right now, the use cases I hear are 
basically the use cases we have right now, except now you added a really slow database into it because that's what a blockchain is. It's just a slow database. So if we can come up with actual use cases and survive the crash, then that's, that's the future I think that we have. So I hope that clears up where I stand on crypto. I don't hate crypto. I just hate a lot of the shit that's going on right now. And I think that anybody who cares at all about crypto should. I don't think you should be engaging with the, you know, the, the NFT space or anything like that. I should, I think you should be joining along with me and most regular people mocking it for what it is because it's a joke. It's a joke being held up by nothing but memes and that's about it. So anyway, uh, moving on from that. <clears throat> moving on from that, um, I talked about this a couple months back, but I didn't think Razor would actually make this a real product. Um, Razor's Zephyr mask. Razor made an RGB mask. Now, uh, Razor no longer claims it has N95 grade filters because apparently when they first made it, they were claiming this was a medical device. Now, I was thinking about this, but imagine... I don't want to get into the whole, like, N95 nonsense, but... Imagine if your doctor rocked up in a fucking Razor Zephyr mask, and they just have these fucking RGB lights on their face while they are operating on you. Like, that... No one thought this was a medical device. Fuck off. Like... <laughs> like, what are you even saying? Like, even just, like, you know, a... a quality device for filtering air. No, I don't think anybody thought that. So I don't know why they were they were marketing it as such. This was announced back in CES 2021. So I think I talked about this like a year ago. Wow. Um so with that in mind, uh now the Sparrows company has come clean. What exactly is the point of this device? Not even close to combat PPE, so what then? Cosmetic. Uh, it's about as effective as the mask that most people wear, because most people don't wear PPE, they wear cloth masks. So, like, it's a, it's a cloth mask that has RGB lights on it and a plexiglass screen. <laughs> or plastic. It, uh, yeah, it's probably plastic, not plexiglass. Because, I, yeah, probably having plexiglass that close to your face isn't a good idea. Um, but it's so weird how many people in this here... Uh, saying that, like, it's not good PPE. Like, do you know anybody that around you that actually wears a proper mask? Because I don't think you do. Because most people don't. They have a cloth mask because, like, most places don't have, like, PPE mandates. Because then they'd actually, like, then they would completely fuck the market that was already fucked. But yeah, Razor. Razor doing Razor things. Um... Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're pretty much at the end of the podcast, actually. I guess we'll wrap it up with a couple of uh, quick topics. Here is a new monitor from the Samsung. The Samsung Odyssey Neo G8, which is a good name for a monitor. Thank fucking God, Samsung of all companies has realized how to name a monitor. Everybody else should just copy Samsung. Just do this. I think it still has a uh, a model number, 
but at least you say Samsung Odyssey Neo G8. I know what monitor you're actually talking about. Not, hey, the Samsung 27 1HQ G510. Like, that doesn't mean anything. Stop it. Um, but anyway, the important thing here is Samsung brings a 240 hertz 4K monitor. So, uh, on its own, HDMI 2.1 can only ha uh, hit 120Hz at 4K. Um, but by using VASE's Display Stream Compression DSC, it should be able to reach 240Hz, as explained by Tom's Hardware. Uh, similarly, DisplayPort 1.4a uh, runs 4K content up to 120Hz natively, but with DSC, a sporting 4K display could surpass that. There are numerous 4K monitors that already use DSC to run 4K at 144Hz, but 240Hz is unprecedented. 240Hz, uh, uh, 4K. You're not playing any games. Like, you're playing indie games. That's all. Like, even if you have, like, what? A 3090 or a 4090, you're not playing modern games at high settings at 4K, 240. It's not gonna happen. It's cool. I like the idea. But you're not doing it right now. Um, but if you are someone who likes indie games, for example, like you could, like you can already play Counter Strike at like 700 frames per second. So 4K Counter Strike at 240, hey, it's pretty good. But I think like high end Counter Strike players, I think they do 360 now. I think 360 is where people sit on like the super high end range. But like, I know you want to play some. Hollow Knight, for example, like I'm playing right now. Or you want to play, uh, maybe, maybe you want to play some AAA games from like a couple of years ago. You could do so reasonably at high settings, but I don't think you're playing anything super modern at ultra. Like the Nils Battlefield 2042? Yes, yes, yes. Is it? Maybe, possibly. Uh, what is it? Battlefield 2042. Is that the current one? Uh, yes, that was released last year. 36% of people like this game. Okay, maybe you're not playing Battlefield 2042 anyway, but you get my drift. Playing a, um, playing a modern AAA game. Uh, Steam issues refunds for Battlefield 2042 as player counts, uh, plummets. I, I did hear something about this game not being good, but I didn't realize it was that not good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, hey, 4K 240, that's, it's fun, yep, it's fun, if you can somehow drive it, um, you can give a couple of years, like, when we're at, like, the 5 or so thousand series, probably then you'll be fine, but, um, yeah, right now, I'm, I'm not gonna, uh, I would say no, I don't know how much it costs, actually, I want to see that, we probably don't, know. it's a CES monitor, so we probably don't have a price yet, um, it will announce the price and release date for the monitor, uh, oh, it later this year, okay, later this year, uh, apparently it's coming out this year, though, so it'll, announcements later this year, and it's coming out later this year, hmm, also it has, because every high-end gaming monitor has a, uh, one millisecond gray to gray, uh, which isn't really, like, you know, worth noting, because, you know, every higher monitor has one millisecond grade to grade. Um, 
anyway, uh, that's going to be pretty much it for me then. We are basically at the end of the podcast. Uh, I've got a bunch of topics that I'll probably just leave till next week. None of them are like super, super timely. Um, so we'll leave it till next time then. I didn't talk about Color JS or Faker JS. Well, I guess I did have one timely one. Uh, but maybe there'll be more about the story by the, ha- the time that happens. So uh, we'll see what happens then. So yeah, thank you guys for watching. Um, if you like the podcast, I'm going to go and like it. And if you really like it, I've got my Patreon subscribers and Veripay link in the description down below. Uh, my gaming channel is Brody Robinson Plays. Right now, we are playing through Spyro 3 Year of the Dragon uh, in the Reignited Trilogy. It's a fucking buggy mess because that's the entire Reignited Trilogy. Um, <laughs> I love it. I didn't... I, I'll talk about that one next week. It, it's... God, it's a fucking train wreck. Uh, I don't know why people like the Reignited Trilogy. Uh, I'm also playing through Hollow Knight, which is made by a bunch of South Aussie boys. It's a great game. I love Hollow Knight. It's a pretty game as well. Uh, and yeah, Hollow Knight's cool. And the podcast, available as an audio release. Basically, anywhere you can find audio podcast. The video version is on YouTube and Odyssey. And that, I think, is... Oh, main channel, Brody Robson. I do Linux stuff. Yes, but you're probably from there. So, I yes. Um, that's going to be it for me. Yes. Uh, at some point in the future, I might have guests when I get around to arranging them. But... I think I've gotten fairly, I feel like I've gotten better at doing these solo episodes and it's fun to just chat shit. So yeah, maybe it's the live streaming that's helped with it. It probably is the live streaming, to be honest, that's helped with that. Doing that for an entire year makes you a lot more comfortable talking on camera for two hours at a time. Um, Yes. So that's going to be it for me. Hope you guys like this and I'm out.